Hey Jess, how does the guitar part go? It kind of sounds like doom doom Oh, like this? Take my pod, take my cast. Take me where the shows don't last. I don't care, I still see episodes I pay to stream. No more din, no more moth, no more take that helmet off. Now that Mando's off Disney, you can watch Firefly with me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the sudden but inevitable rewatch from Twist My Arm. My name is Jesse Bailey, and as always, I will be your captain this week as we make our way through the verse. With me, as always, is my co-host, Ricky D. Ricky D, of course, is the newest solo host of the Twist My Arm Network. He is the host of Best Flicks with Ricky D. Ricky, how are you doing this week, man? It's been a good week. Got Friday off. Got plenty of Ooh. Firefly in. So Excellent. it's been a good week. Man, uh, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit jealous. The last guest couple that we have to introduce is Josh and Kylie. Hey. <clears throat> Josh, Kylie, how are you guys doing this week? We are great. Well, I'm great. How are you? Doing good, doing good. We just celebrated our five-year anniversary this week. So. Oh my gosh, congratulations, it's you guys. It's a big one. Yes, thank, thank you. you. That is, yeah. <clears throat> Most of that can that relationship can be found on the Twist My Arm podcast, interestingly <laughs> enough. If you go through the back catalog, it's all in there. Yeah, yeah. Also, oh, I man, just want to say, Ricky, it uh, must be nice to have a Friday off. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Uh, they had me working some night shifts this week, so... They were 10-hour instead of 8-hour shifts, so ah, it fills up the week a little bit faster. Yep, yep. Well, <laughs> we're glad that you are off, and we're glad that you are here. We're glad that you're all here to join us, actually, because if you listen to Episode 1 of the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch, you will know that we are about to have a lot of fun. Kind of my favorite thing to do all week is to get together with you guys and talk about this excellent, excellent TV show that Josh and Kylie have never seen, mm -hmm. in case you needed to be reminded. Now, of course, I'd like to jump into episode two, The Train Job, right away, but that would be irresponsible, and I'm not an irresponsible host, so we're not going to do that. What we are going to do is we're going to take a really quick look at a couple of things that were mentioned in episode one that I feel need some clarification, maybe some correction, stuff like that. We don't want to get anything wrong because we don't want to, you know, give the impression that we don't care because... Boy, howdy, do we care about Firefly. So, with that out of the way, Ricky, let me semi-apologize and semi-clarify. You and I had slightly differing views on who was performing the theme song at the start of the TV show. Um, I know, we all know that it was written by Joss. Uh, you were saying that it had been performed by his brother, and it's possible that the instrumental was I, that's definitely still possible i don't know about that but i did find the name of the artist who recorded the vocals and that was sunny Rhodes. and i feel really bad because i should have kind of known that off the top of my head uh sunny Rhodes, obviously very prolific musician um so it was written by joss like i said but we just wanted to get some clarification there for that um 
on the point of Firefly having a lot of stuff related to Borderlands and Borderlands having a lot of Firefly references in it, that definitely turned out to be very true. And you can follow our Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast to check out some of what we've got going on there. I want to piggyback on that real quick and say that when I'm streaming, I'm I'm waiting to stream on Borderlands until we have, what is it? Isn't there an oh, episode yes. called Janestown or something like that? Yes. So there's so, an episode yeah. that everyone uh, loves called Janestown, yeah. and there's a mission in Borderlands that takes place in Janestown. So it's one of those like my favorite episode. We gotta do it. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Well, I, n- I never realized I, how much that doesn't surprise me, Ricky. Similar to Firefly, it just it blows my mind now that I play it and then I'm watching this show. Yep. I'm like, Ugh. and that one, <laughs> that one weapon in particular that we highlight on our Instagram is lifted straight out. I mean, it's you know, it's it's as direct an homage as there can be. Um, the next correction is actually kind of personal, so I'm gonna try not to cry, and I apologize, you guys, if this gets too emotional, but. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> even have the floor. Thank you. Um, so at one point last week, um, we were talking about that that poor soldier that got a field promotion uh, in Serenity Valley and then was killed. And I had, you know, brought up how that was kind of similar to how Tasha Yar died suddenly and sort of without reason in in Star Trek and. Um, I mistakenly referred to her as Commander Tasha Yar, and that's that's on me. And I apologize because her service record clearly states that she was a lieutenant at the time of her death on Vega Two in 2364. So I apologize, and I'm glad that we've got that all cleared up. <sighs> Roll takes time. a big man. <laughs> you know what? I, I didn't want to be the one to say it, but I agree with you. I I really do agree with you. Um. So the last thing we have here isn't really a correction. It's kind of more of like a tidbit. Um, on the name Patience from the last episode, the cranky old gal who runs Whitefall. My favorite. Um, Alan, what did Josh call her? Precious. Uh, Precious. Precious. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ricky, because this segment is actually specifically about the name Patience. But um, Alan Tudyk, do you want to use one of your one of your jokes I'm saving here, them up we got a lot more okay. episodes all right <laughs> only get a couple of those per season Morty all right um so Alan Tudyk has a new series called Resident Alien coming out on sci-fi and it takes place in the fictional town of Patience Colorado which I thought was mm. kind of a fun little reference um Very the cool. show looks awful I'm, I'm gonna be honest like <laughs> the, I watched the preview and I was like I don't think that's gonna be any good but I am 100% willing to give anything with Alan Tudyk in it a wide berth and a lot of slack, so I'll probably check that out. Um, we are not sponsored by Resident Alien on Sci-Fi yet, so don't take that as a shill. Um, and the last thing, Josh, that I'm going to point out is actually kind of a thing for you. I don't know if you have, but just be on the lookout as you're watching Firefly, f- specifically for Han Solo in Carbonite. And I'm gonna leave it at that. So, what do you guys what do you guys want to do? Do you want me to give the episode okay. synopsis and we'll jump right. right in? Fine, I'll take that, I guess. But <laughs> now I'm gonna have to watch these episodes over and over. <laughs> uh, oh, before no. we do a synopsis, I really, really, really just want to say to everyone that watched the show before, like, I'm sorry. Our condolences. <laughs> <laughs> because I. Look, first of all, I watched this episode as 
the second episode and also as the first episode. And watching it right. as the first episode, I was like, holy shit. You guys had to have been so <laughs> – like most people had to have been so confused. No wonder it didn't get more – better reception than it – you know, at, at first, yeah, because so like, because now everybody loves it because obviously you've seen the whole story. But before, right. I un- I totally understand now why people were like, eh. It right. was rewritten a little bit to be a first episode. Uh, if you see, we get a lot of really interesting uh, introductions. Kaylee, sure. the mechanic, when yeah. she first shows up in this episode, she comes out on the creeper with a smudge of oil, which is like yeah. very classic mechanic. Yeah, Troops, like, uh, this is who the mechanic is. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they had For to sure. tweak it and really get well, all of the character interactions worked and out and shown. To Josh's point, I actually made a note that was like, so if you saw this as the first episode of this show, I think you could be forgiven for thinking that the show is, like, mostly about um, Shepard Book. Like, he has the opening narration, and then there's a song that sounds like maybe it's sung by it could possibly be him. And then, like later on, he like takes a stand and you know tries to say here's the right thing to do. So it's like, it, it's conceivable yeah. that you could come out of that being like, oh, that's a weird show about a a preacher on a spaceship. Like, I, I would still watch it. It looks really cool, but it's kind of strange. Right. But yeah, I, I also just, thought it was I, so. I, th- I was gonna say I thought I thought it was strange that the opening credits had scenes from the movie no it had scenes from the last episode or from from the pilot nobody, i guess right right but but, but when you first seen. saw it you would have never known like right. like you see those different scenes and you're like oh my god nathan fillion's a badass this is, this is gonna yeah. be great i can't wait to see him and like man that gun and then you never see it like it's just and just how sad to reduce that entire like okay the entire serenity valley sequence in this introduction gets reduced to what five shots it, yeah. it, over the course of like nine seconds it's and awful. maybe two lines of dialogue yeah it's a travesty and yeah. and it's it's it sucks but it okay so sorry i just wanted to get that off my chest like that really really sucks for you guys <laughs> i 100 percent appreciate that so um we'll get into this a little bit later but a lot of the people that i've been talking to um in, in social media about this show are like oh my gosh i'm so you know that's so cool that they're experiencing it for the first time. And like, you know, the thing that I always think about is how screwed they got. Like, I don't even have to prompt people. They're like, here's I'm just so mad. Like, and it's like <laughs> it's such a justifiable, like righteous anger that is still out there and driving love for this thing. So, I mean, if you guys are not opposed, let's jump right into this. I'll give the episode Absolutely. synopsis and we can take off. All right. So the episode synopsis, once again, pulled straight from Wikipedia. Um, if you listen to quest me we have some snarkier episode synopses but it's not that i don't respect uh the mandalorian josh it's just that i feel like this property specifically deserves the some level of respect that i couldn't write into a quirky summary so that's kind of why we're pulling i mean it's and it's such an (laughs) older show like quest me is all about being quirky and having a good time watching some star wars you know this is more of an important kind of show to not not just like sci-fi fans, but just pop culture in general. Just I mean, just in the I'm first so two episodes, you, you, that. you can tell how much influence the show has on, yeah, a lot, on so a lot much on so, so many different things. Yeah, no, no, it, it makes total sense. Do do a proper synopsis and and let's let's do this. 
All right. So, season one, sorry, episode two, The Train Job. Crime Lord Adelaide Nishka hires the crew to rob a train of unspecified goods. The crew is able to transfer the goods to Serenity flying above, but Mal and Zoe are forced to stay behind on the train. They learn that they have stolen medicine desperately needed by the locals. The crew argue whether they should deliver the goods to Nishka. Ultimately, they decide to rescue Mal and Zoe first, though through some subterfuge. Mal decides to return the medicine. However, Nishka's thugs track them down. After killing some of them and capturing the rest, Mal and Zoe take the medicine to those in need of it and refund Nishka's money. Okay, so. That's a pretty good, I, I mean, pretty, pretty good. It's story. very succinct. Yeah, and like like Ricky was saying, it would you could see how it would serve as like a hap, hack job, half done, still soft in the middle version of a pilot for this series, but it is it does not approach the near perfection of the actual pilot in my opinion. However, that having been said, I, I will say I love I love this episode. It's just regular fun. Like um It's a classic train job. Yeah. Right. It's a, so it's just good. It's and, and the thing like like Ricky was saying with that introduction, the one thing I appreciate about the weird new introduction is that they just straight up are like, it's twenty five seventeen, it's been a while. And you're like, okay, so because you know in Serenity the in the episode Serenity it was a little more like in the future, but also the West, and so this is just like no, nah, it's been five hundred years. Here's where we're going. So I I do appreciate that one thing about it, but it it it. You're right. I just, it, it upset me. Anyways, the first opening scene in this episode, they're in this tavern, right? The music is playing. In my head, I'm like, where is my witcher? I must toss a coin to him. Josh, I don't know if you've watched The Wizard. <laughs> I have not yet. I haven't. think that should be the next sudden but inevitable rewatch is The Witcher because I keep hearing so much about we it. We might have to do that because it would be really easy to integrate forcing you to also stream the game. So, oh yeah, yeah. I need to play yeah. it. And I, I've missed I, it out so far. I have yeah. it. So, I... well, it's we'll put it on a list and we'll yep. slide it into yep. the maybe there file. It is. There it is. Um, maybe file. <laughs> so, I immediately, yeah, that was that was my first thought. Um, I also that the dialogue that they have when they're playing, uh, I think it's Chinese checkers, when they're you know she's basically giving him like the shtick about how bad his strategy is. She's like, oh, the edge, right? And he's like, actually, after she, you know, destroys him, he's like, I've been thinking about moving off the edge. And it immediately struck me as like, I I really wonder if, had the series continued, would they have given Mal some sort of, I want to settle down and stop being part of this life, you know, motivation? And was that like them planting a seed for that? Obviously, I mean, let's not get emotional, but... I just really thought that that was a cool moment. Um, <laughs> did you guys like the uh, the bar fight scene on Unification Day? Yeah, absolutely. It's very, very. Uh, I don't know. Cantina. Go ahead and say it. Uh, well, I was just gonna <laughs> say like very old west, you know. I uh, start, start if a you, bar fight kind of thing. If you pay attention, there were a lot of Eastern influences roaming around oh, yeah. the set of that bar. The yep. uh, woman doing the belly dancing, mm. a lot of the way certain people were dressed. Uh, they kind of, they're like, it's it's a Western, but also don't right. forget all of these Eastern influences. They have like the paper lanterns and they had almost the full yes. makeup um, consorts walking around. Um, I just, yeah, really, I mean, okay, so 
we're not there yet and we're not sharing, you know, our favorite quote of the episode or anything, but I feel like there is no way that we can just walk past the line. I'm thinking you weren't overburdened with it, or I think you weren't burdened with an overabundance of schooling. And then why don't we just ignore each other till we go away? It's just like, man, that's just, that's condescending and self-deprecating and smooth and sounds cool. Like it's, it hits all of the exact space cowboy notes that I wanted to hit. It's playing the space cowboy symphony. It's like, did I just get insulted? Did I get burned? Was that a burn? Oh, and I love that they they uh, subvert the breaking glass, right? Like he gets thrown out the window, but instead of yeah. a shatter, it's like yeah. just because he goes through <laughs> that, that holographic really window. S- I solidified that. the universe. It shows like future Western bar fight. It was such a good but still window. It said so much in one shot, and it speaks specifically to the practicality of the universe that we were talking about last time, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, bar owners on terrible planets would be like. I am so sick of replacing my windows. What do I do? Um, and yeah. then somebody would drive drive up in a space Cadillac and be like, "You need holographic windows, sonny boy. I got them right here in the back of this truck." You know. Right. So I I feel like that's probably how it goes. Plus, you know, they're all but poor. Didn't, so didn't the window shatter when he went through it? Like it made a shattering sound. But then it and, like, and came right yeah, back. It, but, yeah, yeah, it was it was like a holographic thing. Like he didn't break anything. It was like they programmed it to sound that way. Like, do you think that still keeps for the satisfaction of bar fights? Do you think that's still kind of like a shield and it keeps the the cold air out and stuff? I'm sure it's a selectively permeable force field. Like, like, obviously, just by the evidence we saw on the screen, Josh. Come on. (laughs) Obviously. Like, (laughs) I know. Are you not? I thought you were. I'm sorry. All right. Sorry. No, you're good. I apologize. Move, move along. Good. Don't don't mind me. Um, so, as Ricky was saying, the new introduction to Kaylee. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, the camera is looking straight into her eyes. Joss Whedon was like, "If I can't look at her feet, then I will look into her eyes." Like, dude, just leave it. Like, just like, you don't have to make us love her. We love her. She's yeah. lovable. Yeah. <laughs> like, get out of her face with the camera. But, but did you love her? Like. At first, when you watched the f- that episode being the first episode you watched, or were you like, oh, it's a mechanic, cool? Because I feel like there's it's more of a connection to her after the first episode well, than so the, f- the first time that I watched it. The first time that I watched it through, it was in order on DVD. Like, I caught one or two or three episodes on TV, but was never like, oh, when's that show on? It was just like, oh, there's a thing somewhere. Yeah. And then almost immediately when it came out on DVD, my dad was like, um, you boys need to watch this show. And he's he was like the, the Trek influence in our life, right? So we're like, oh, okay, we'll watch that. Um, so I, the first time I watched it all the way through, it was in order. But the first time I saw the show, it was not complete at all. Okay. So I didn't have that experience. But I, I mean, you're 100% right that, that it would have to be, they'd had to put it in there because it was like, otherwise you don't, she's just kind of a mechanic. I mean, I would argue that Jewel State is lovable and adorable and bright and sunny enough to just yeah. make people love her through her performance and her, maybe her mere presence on the screen. But was she in other things during this time? Because like, you know, you you see actually... an, an actor or actress in something and then they're in another show and you're like, oh my gosh, I already like her because I liked her right. in this other show. Well, and it's that... usually the same director, or producer, or writer, or something, right. somebody that they've worked Let me with. See before. if I can. Uh... I don't. I don't actually know. Um, but I, 
I really appreciated. I assume that you're looking that up, right? I'm trying. Yes. Awesome. So I really appreciated in that introduction. She was in Stargate. Scene. Stargate. Okay. Oh, yes. Was she That's a main character in Stargate? Because that would make so much sense. I like. I didn't. I. It's not that I have anything against Stargate. I just didn't watch Stargate. Yeah. No. I, so me I either. That's I, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> but I love that. It, you know, in the. In the effort to make this serve as like a pilot episode they give mal some pretty basic lines but they actually get delivered perfectly because it's nathan fillion so like when he looks at her and goes we got us some crime to do and you're like you know in an, in another show i might be mad at that simplicity but i really like it in this show yeah. it just works it's, it's yeah. they hit it again when simon's asking kaylee what are you doing doing crime <laughs> crime crime oh good <laughs> crime excellent <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Should yeah. I help you, crime? <laughs> and so she's all healed up now. What's the time uh, lapse mean, here? How far? Simon's very good. How far in the future is this from? The from movie? the last episode. Yeah. I mean, it's. I don't know. It's it's not. Because she's obviously walking specified. okay, and, and they probably do. Well, I mean, it's it's. Let's say it's been a month or two. I mean, like even though it's not Star Trek, and there's no back to tank as there would be in star wars they're still in the future right so like maybe the medicine is better like he still has to okay. stitch her up and pull the bullet yeah. out but the medicine is like bang you know that makes like, sense yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just i just wonder if there's like a time lapse or something because it it's so confusing to me. <laughs> my guess is that they didn't specify one because they knew they weren't going to show the first episode so they right. were like let's just let's just act like this is the start because from that some blows my mind is. too how do you <laughs> how do you have that perfect episode, that perfect first episode, and you're like, nah, let's go to the second one. We'll save that first yeah. one for later. So when people are craving the show, we can give them a prequel. I mean, I, I, to play <sighs> devil's advocate, which is not play like, it. I, I'm not do this. doing this. I'm not doing this to defend the network. But like, let's say you're the network, and for some reason you've been told, hey, you need to start this sci-fi show. Uh, the week of Christmas, and you're like, "What? the The pilot is an hour and a half. Nobody's nobody's gonna watch an hour and a half TV show the week of Christmas, like, at at all. Like, there's no way." And they're like, "Well, sorry, you have to do it." And they're like, "Uh, okay, I guess we'll find a pilot. We'll make up a pilot out of something. I don't know what to do. Like, because it also to me, has to do with." executives want to do what already works they want to uh, right. they want to put their money into a guaranteed return so when they're seeing this space show and there's horses running around they don't get it because they haven't made money on that before i beg to differ though because i looked up the shows that were on in 2002 on fox and you have shows like dark angel and right freaking what is this other show right here what is this? ultimate muscle and those shows were about sex. Those and shows, Firefly those isn't shows really were about garbage. Sex. Those shows were trash, and but, though they got canceled, and Firefly just got thrown in the mix. That '80s show, come on, man! You're gonna cancel. But that's the point. That's the Firefly point, Josh, with like, all of these. Ugh, that's God. The, that's the point. Is they're like, we don't know what to do with this, so we fumbled it. This and is then the same year that Beyond now that it's Belief fumbled, Factor we're gonna cancel Fiction it. was out. Uh, Neither you got of an us issue with Beyond Belief. 
Yeah, Jonathan Frakes can yeah, do no Jonathan wrong. If you Frakes? got a problem with that show, you got a problem with everybody no, on this I'm show. No, I'm just I'm just saying like <laughs> those are the kind of shows that were on then and Firefly is so much oh, better right. than those shows. And like not that not that Josh. you know the Jonathan Frakes show isn't good. I like that of show. Us. I watched it, but like man, how are you going to None of us disagree with you. Up, Fox. I know. I'm just getting real heated <laughs> because like, no, it's good. This show could still be on. This show could be one of those twenty season shows that, like, oh my gosh, it really could have and continued. We'll like, even just watching two episodes, I already know that they could have continued this show for a long time. Just imagine this show had lived for five seasons or six seasons, right? Now, now Disney buys Fox, right? And it's like, hey, there's like six years of history there. We could, and those actors are still mostly around and everything. Let's go build on that. But now it's like yeah. I don't I don't trust that, and it's been too long, and there's no way we can do it. You know, it just it just wouldn't work. I do have a note on that later because I think I figured out a way. Josh, <laughs> nobody disagrees with you. They fuck. I'm sorry. Bad. I just it's you not, know, God, man, no, you're you're 100 right. I was just trying to say, you know, if you're if you're a big time executive who's been told to make something work, and you're given this and those constraints, I could see where you'd be like, I don't know what to do. So it's like they're destined to somebody was destined to screw this up somewhere along the way. I'm not yeah. defending anyone. I'm just saying it's too good. We don't deserve it. And that's why and this, and um, not, not only do they have <laughs> bad shows, but like they had great shows like Firefly was among some of the greats. 24 King of the Hill, The X-Files, Futurama, Malcolm right. in the Middle. It was mm -hmm. Sarah Connor Chronicles at the same time. OK, get out of here. But it was at the same time as shows that are still critically acclaimed. So I don't know. Yeah. It just. It just blows my mind that they couldn't have at least given it one more season. You know, I'm already <laughs> pissed that there's only one season. <laughs> this just in, you guys. Some of the fans are upset that Firefly is over now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love you, Josh. I'm just playing. <laughs> um, okay, so the scene that we get next is um, River, right? And she wakes up from her, like, whatever it is, her, her nightmare. Her torture right? dream. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. And also, weird. her physical reactions, like when she steps into the light and she like it feels like she touched it and she like backs away from the light, like it hurt her or something. It's like that just feels so visceral and so very well done on her part. I love that she just she just snaps too. She radion accelerator core serial number. You know, she's like she knows what she's doing. Like you get this and glimpse of like what is going on with her. Like she's not stupid. That's kind she of just, it's a response to how Simon treats her. Because Simon's kind of babying her right. a little bit, and she's like, "You know, mm -hmm. you're on a ship, right?" And she goes, "I know exactly where I am. I know right. exactly where I am." And I can demonstrate that to you, and I can demonstrate that I know it, like in a much more specified way than you do. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. And so and she has I like superpowers, really like the, right? Well, she has like some kind of mental difference. Like they were experimenting on her because she was already a super genius like she was born a super genius and then they messed with her brain right she's also so good at dancing <laughs> she's good at dancing it seems like she can it seems like she can hear really well like she's sitting up on the catwalk and she's like hearing maybe to the other side of the cargo bay or something mm. um but it's it's an it's an evolving storyline that you guys will get pieces of as we go but okay, i really like right. that she did that like mal came in said something and left and she goes uh, did you know that mal means bad in Latin? Just throwing that out there. <laughs> like, it's like uh, that's fair. <laughs> Ouch! It was a it was a cool point. Um, then we jump to book, and I really love that Shepard Book's first instinct anytime he interacts with a character is compassion. He's like, 
Mal walks out and he's like, man, that guy's crazy. And Book's like, man, he gave up a lot and not a lot of people would do that. He's living a rough life by choice, which is like preaching to the choir for Mal, right? It's like, oh yeah, that must suck. I wonder what it's like to live the rough life by choice. <laughs> like, But what did you guys think of the um, that, that sense that when Mal starts talking, sorry, let me rephrase that. Did you guys get that sense when Mal said, you're welcome on my boat, God's not? That having seen the first episode, that maybe that speech that he gives to that ensign who gets killed is actually part of a prayer that he's just saying out loud for everyone. And this is like his acknowledgement. My last, the last time I prayed, it went totally unanswered. And so here's where we stand. Like, I wonder if that was meant to be a character development thread and we were robbed of that because we didn't get to see the first episode. Again, confusing. <laughs> But as soon as he said that, I flashed back to Serenity Valley, not in like a PTSD way and like, a, oh, I watched that last week kind of a way. Um, did, no, but you're anyways, right. Like next, he, it seems yeah. like they again, like, and I'm, this is all I'm going to say this whole episode is just how <laughs> screwed was it? That, I mean, or how screwed did you guys get out of such an amazing pilot episode that even this reference here is could could be, you know, taken as as from the first episode and like you, right. you're robbed of that like you said that you you know you could have seen that but you didn't and now you're just sitting here confused like <laughs> okay maybe he used to be religious or something or well and like know. another instance of like is this is book the main character in this show like i think he narrated at the beginning he may have sang the song and now he's giving advice to everybody so like is is book the main character yeah anyways uh, the next scene, I'd I'd really like to know what you guys thought about the next scene where Inara is in her shuttle, she's brushing Kaylee's hair, and uh, yes. Mal walks in, right? What did you guys think about that scene? Let's start with Kylie. Kylie hasn't said anything. No, I'm just soaking <laughs> it all in. Um, Kylie, has one of your girlfriends ever said, hey, girl, come over so I can brush your hair for a while and, like, you know, tell you how to win over that long-haired dude? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it was kind of more like a mother-daughter relationship than a, than oh, a friendship. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I could see that. It was it was like they were just forming a, a really good bond, or it seems like they've been forming a good bond, maybe. Mm -hmm. And again, not being able to see the first episode, maybe it, since she's been injured, they've been hanging out more and just – Right. Become better friends. Maybe she's nursed her back to hell. She's taking care of her, being there right. for her. That makes right. sense. But you would never know that. You would just assume that maybe she's grooming her <laughs> to be. Oh, it, I mean, she's literally grooming her in the scene. So it's like, it's both, it, right? It's she's grooming her. It's like she's grooming her. And she's. T well, and she's teaching her etiquette. And like, yeah. hey, here's how you would flirt with the doctor who you're right. obviously wanting to flirt with. Like, right. Yeah. Right kind of that's i don't know there was there was a, a double meaning there with that scene i feel like where yeah you know Kaylee's and then did you guys like uh what did you think of that the interaction when mal comes in right so like he comes in and she's like didn't i tell you not to do that and he's like but it's manly and impulsive <laughs> like he's just a dick he's yeah he's ridiculous <laughs> i like him but yeah, he's he's, funny. he's just a dick <laughs> And for whatever he, reason, he's a jerk to her mostly. Yeah, and I yeah, I'm curious. Like, like I get that. What's behind that? Yeah, maybe maybe they had some sort of. Relationship. 
relationship. That's what I'm guessing is that Deadpool's well, but they have wife them. had a husband before they Deadpool, <laughs> and oh my gosh. <laughs> well, and they it's to me it's they kind of soften it by giving him. I mean, obviously that's that's kind of the the gist of their relationship, right? Is him being like a jerk, but has soft moments with her because he's not actually a bad person. Where he's like, look, I'm just there's some dangerous stuff that's going to happen and I want you to be aware of it. And she's like, oh my gosh. And he's like, right. Okay, I'm well, back to flirting with you. And she's like, okay, get out. He comes but back it shows that full him. range of emotions between them. Yes. He has to tell them what to do. He has to be the captain. He has to be in charge, but he's also joking about it and trying to have a intimate relationship with them as well as that superior, inferior relationship. Right. What were you going to say, He's the Carly? boss that wants to be your friend. Um, just touching on what Ricky said, um... He comes back and he jokes with her like, "Oh, you want to brush my hair too?" And you know, yeah, <laughs> right. Well, and they and to, at the end of the episode, you, I mean, she comes in to kind of save the day. So, right, there's obviously yeah. something there where she cares about him too. Where Janie's, I, I call him Janie. Is that his name, Janie, or is it Jane? Jane. It's Jane. it's Jane. No, it's, it's spelled Janie with an e, me. and I know you guys watch with subtitles, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but he but, well. He he's like so fuck him, dump him off, and she's like, no, we got to go back, you know. Yeah, <laughs> he's such a well, jerk. Well, and it could be argued that that's like also just pure practicality on her part, yeah. being like, I think I'd rather have somebody that's at least got military experience in charge of this ship that I'm sort of attached to than you. Yeah. Um, but so the one thing that I wrote down from that scene between her and Mal was that you know he's like kind of scolding her and being like you know here's the business and whatever and then she steps really close to him and i don't remember what she does but she steps really close to him while he's talking and he stops talking for a moment and you can see him draw like half a breath before he starts talking again and it was immediately like oh i, I feel like i can smell that inara smells good like walking around there's just like this amazing smell behind her and mal uh, has conveyed that in like a half a second like, mm -hmm. And they're also ahead. in her uh, her shuttle, and right. I wanted to say her shuttle is meant to look like the inside of Genie's bottle from I Dream of Genie. Oh, can you, I definitely yeah, can see you recognize that. that? Yeah, and I imagine Lots of drapes. Huh. Right, it would be there'd huh. probably be incense burning, and I'm sure she'd be wearing perfume. Like you can you can really sense that regalness of her quarters. Is that a commentary Maybe. thing, Ricky? Because I know you're watching with commentary. Uh, yes. They did mention that. That's I'm thinking. Awesome. I'm thinking that Inara like probably smells that. of lilac and gooseberries, but that's just my guess. And gooseberries. Um, so we'll. It's you'll. <laughs> don't even worry about it, Kylie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's probably some in Firefly that they're. There's probably gooseberries. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a Witcher reference. It's <laughs> it's a Witcher the, reference. The people gotcha. that have been paying attention to. Uh, anyways, that's why I said don't worry about it. Trust me when I tell you that. I mean it. It's not like you missed something. It's just a, probably for me. Hey, well, you know, um, we might have missed something. <laughs> well, I promise to tell you if I feel like you missed something. Yeah. Um, really quick question before we go any further. Uh, where does one go to purchase a duster? because I would like to purchase a duster and wear it around town. Uh, are you around Loveland? I can be. Yeah, uh, there's a uh, western wear shop called Whitesides. Ah, uh, yes. And I feel like you could probably yes. get a duster there. All right. Yeah, Whitesides is actually... My dad you. used to drag me to Whitesides to get his cowboy <laughs> boots all the time. Ugh. Let's not 
just to hand out advertising, but Josh, you're definitely going to see a dip into the TMA Network bank account for custom sized dusters for everybody on the team. I think we need to order like 15 of those things. Um, so just be aware. Um, when they, that shot where they're going to the space station, right? Right before they meet Nishka, when they go to the space station, the music is almost the same three introductory notes as the Star Trek Next Generation theme. But instead of being played on horns and strings, it's played on like twangy, like grungy space instruments. And it's like just immediately offers this contrast of, yes, it's the future. Yes, we're in space. Uh, no, everything is not great. Not like it would be in Star Trek. So I really appreciated that. It may not even have been a, an intentional thing, but in my head it was like, oh, that's very similar, but just different enough to be possibly a reference. I don't know. Um, I, I like really appreciate the Skyplex. I think that's yes. kind of my, so my favorite it, names. It's a great name. Like yeah. You could have said Space Station, but that's one of those details that we were talking about last week. They give it these little right. details that are like, oh, that's so good. It's so much better than what you could have <laughs> used. They, they yeah. almost always make the right choice. I really appreciate that. I also really appreciate that criminal masterminds in 500 years have retained their European heritage. That means a lot to me. If we go in somewhere... <laughs> And there's a meat locker and an old guy, yeah. and he's got some kind of just any vaguely European accent, then that's an effective villain, and I appreciate that. Yep. <laughs> Strong bloodline. <laughs> he was, yeah, he, he's so Bond very, villainy, right? Very well, very Star Warsy too. The Empire's all English. Oh, good point. They're uh, all like, of them. Except I think, for well, I, I think he maybe was, newer ones now aren't. They have a couple newer. Um, villains that aren't English, but I mean, well, I think he was one through six. I think he was maybe German. Like he sounded maybe a little German to me. Could be. I'm, Could be. I'm not very good at. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think at, so. Which kind of adds to like the maybe he's a space Nazi thing that he's got going on. Yeah, and the um, uh, Mandalorian uh, Din Jar and the first guy that he talked to from the Empire was also German. Yeah. He Where would is like to the see baby? The baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe it's I'm glad a German that we could, and a British thing. I don't know. I'm glad we could take a Star Wars detour for you, Josh. It means uh, a lot to me. Any um, chance I get. <laughs> did you guys... <laughs> I really liked... Moving on. I really liked that uh, when Inara walked into the room that Shepard Book was sitting in, he stood up and waited for her to make her entrance. And then he was like, okay, now I'll sit back down and do my thing. Mm, He's and perfect gentleman. Yep, yep. He is. He's so good. And their interaction, like, where where he's like, you know, what should I do? And she goes, oh, you could pray for him. The way that she says it, you're like, oh, does she, like, look down on praying for people? And then she turns <laughs> around to make tea and goes, I never tell him when I do it. And you're like, oh, she's like, she knows that it's a contentious subject with him. And, like, it felt very true to life, right? Like, she wasn't comfortable sharing her beliefs beyond like yes i have beliefs and i respect that you have beliefs too so i just I, that's a nice little moment it just makes that world feel so real like to have characters believe in stuff or not believe in stuff and to be uncomfortable talking about it feels really realistic and i appreciated that it was it, it was very it's, cool it's still a little weird to me that there's like a kind of religion in this uh future um especially with them going to all these different planets i mean I don't know. I, I feel like once you leave Earth, the 
mysticism of a god kind of leaves. You know, once you go to different planets with different beings and stuff like that, it's just weird I that they not weird necessarily, but maybe commendable. Well, I see what they you still mean. have a religion in this. Um, right. I era. was going to say, I, I understand your point, um, but it's like the opposite point could be made of like, well, there's just going to be way more unknown stuff going on. And that's well, like a st- lot of Star Trek didn't you know, really have people... much religion. Did it? Unless they were well, kind of it did barbarian. It had religion, but it, well, it has a complicated relationship throughout the franchise's history with religion, but it's always sort of mostly been portrayed that like they respect all religions, but they don't necessarily like talk about it a lot or maybe not a lot of story time is dedicated to it. But for example, in Star Trek Lower Decks, there is a character um in one or in probably a couple of shots, I think he might be semi-regular who has a turban and like which sort of stands in contrast to the next generation episode when Ensign Rowe shows up and Riker's like, take off your Bajoran earring. Like, oh, that <laughs> seems a little racist and closed-minded. But um, it, like I said, the show has a fraught history, but I, I think they're always trying to be on the right side of it. You know, uh, for example, they let Worf wear his like, you know, big bandolier thing. And it's like, that's mm-hmm. not, that's clearly not regulation. So maybe that's yeah. a belief thing. Yeah. I there was would a lot also... Of sh- Go ahead. I would argue that religion is kind of uh, those that believe in whatever religion we're discussing now feel like they're in the minority in the Firefly universe. They all kind of seem to be keeping it under their hat. Everybody's kind of making fun of Shepard Book a little bit. Right. Uh, Feels like it might be, you know, uh, I don't know, hoaxing down upon something. It seems a little. Well, and it's. Well, and it's probably, I mean, it's sort of presented, I mean, from Mal's point of view, right? It's just like, here's another organization trying to meddle in other people's lives. So it's like, you know, there, it's an easy way for him to draw that parallel for himself. And, you know, it's an easy way to see multiple angles of that for us, the viewers. So I just, I mean, for a show, go ahead. My theory with Mal is that he's so upset about what happened about, you know, losing all of his friends and stuff like that, you know. Um, you see that in everyday life, PTSD, they're so upset about what happened to them. How could there be a God, you know? That's right. kind of the impression I got, is that he's, like, mm-hmm. angry with God or something. Right. It's Yeah, it, doesn't, it definitely doesn't feel like Mal doesn't believe in God. Mm-hmm. It's that he believes in him and is very angry with him. Right. Like, and to get this in a space cowboy show on Fox is, like, this is really cool. Like, There's this so many is layers not... to it. There's so yeah. many different layers to this show that... Again, ah, one season, and they do it. And this episode, I mean, like the last, the first episode, right, is ninety minutes, and this one isn't. But it's like they do a lot in mm-hmm. an in a forty minute episode. You know, it's, yep. I mean, it's it's just so impressive. Yeah. Um, back on the planet, I I love that Zoe Sorry. when she's talking to Mal starts with the word "sir," and then goes, "You're brainless." Like, <laughs> it's the, it's her equivalent of going, "With all due respect, you're an yeah. idiot." Right, yeah. like she goes, yeah. sir. I think you lost your brain. I mean, it's like, <laughs> no offense. She's one of the only people that seems to have the exact counter um, snark for Mal. Right, like she's got the exact counterweight and counter snark for him. And it's just their relationship. I love. I love their relationship. And you really get a great look at it with this episode, with them on the train together, and then subsequently, you know, trying to stay out of jail together. It, it's just, I. 
it's a, it's a great they're all great episodes but it's a great episode i just really like it what did you what did you guys think of the actual train part of the train job josh the heist Kiley? well so i want to yeah. talk about niska first because i i did oh, like, just sure. go a little bit farther in with with his whole thing like like he seems so casual you know and then he's mm-hmm. like he's like you guys watch south park right and i'm gonna get i'm about to get a little vulgar <laughs> here but but it's like when Cartman is talking to the KFC guy and the <laughs> KFC guy uh, pulls him to the side and it's like a Scarface scene. And he's like, right. don't you don't you fuck me. Don't you right. ever try to fuck me. And this is kind of like that same thing where he like opens the freezer door and he's like, OK, listen now. <laughs> you see this guy. You see this dead guy here? That could be That's you. That's my sister's nephew. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Here. No end of it at dinner. But, you know, that's what yeah. it takes to be an evil guy. All in a day's work. Yeah. yeah. And and very Bond villainy, you know? Do you see what yeah, happens when you cross me? Like, it's, so, <laughs> it's so funny, yeah. And, you know, you guys know that I love the show. I love everything about it. If I'm being 100% honest in my heart of hearts, he, his performance is the only one in this episode where I'm like, really? Like, that's... <laughs> Okay. Well, him and his him and his freaking crony, crow, crow, yeah, the the big dude that's. His, like, his don't blame crow. that guy. That guy did exactly the part that he was hired to play. He oh, did yeah. good. He yeah. did sure. it fine. Like, yeah. but but the main villain, it's like, dude, accent doesn't equal charisma, right? Yeah. Like, accent really helps add on a lot if you have charisma. I do hope, it's not. I do hope he comes a back. Replacement. I, I I would like to see him again at some point. So don't well, spoil Josh it for me. You're gonna have to watch Firefly to find out. So, ah, oh, dang, oh well. it's a good thing. It's a good thing we're doing that. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did like him though. He was he was very. Uh, it, it made it, it. It made the show seem episodic. Still, mm. you know, like like yeah. here's the here's the villain for this episode. But then at the right. end, you see the main villain for the whole series, and so it was gotcha. kind of like. It's like here's this this little boss. Here's World One's boss, and you know, right. then you get a picture of the big overview, the Bowser of the whole thing. And, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Not not quite as RPG as the Mandalorian, but there are some shades. I mean, it, it, it's in there. There you go, for um, sure. Except uh, except for, nah, nah. You're right. This and this is kind <laughs> of a, a bit on the lines of, uh, along the lines of Quest Me. You know, it was like, hey, uh, yeah. we need some money, so Quest Me, bro. And he's like, "Go steal this for me." Uh, <laughs> I see what you're doing. I, it's not untrue. It's so. not a bad parallel. Okay. Um, Any chance so I get. <laughs> right. It's fair. So they're on the train. They're trying to make their way to the room with the stuff they want. Um, yes, which yeah. uh, to me felt very. Uh, what was that new movie that just came out with? Uh, it was the the train Murder on the Orient Express, kind of. Oh. I didn't um, see that. I really wanted to. Is it? Did you guys see that? I loved it. That did movie I watch was that? Great. I don't know if you did or not. I, I might don't have just watched it. It had Daisy Ridley <laughs> in it and uh, yeah, James remember. Bond, Daniel Craig. Um, there were some other. Yeah, I would. Big names. I would watch that. I liked it. It was based on a book. Um, but yeah. But this was kind of reminiscent of that where they're going in all these different cars. <laughs> you you like, made a face you know. like, um, don't be mad at me, but they based this off of a book. I know. Well, like, super like everything's lame. based off a book at this point. You know? I know. <laughs> the face that you made was just, it was funny. Um, um, 
but <laughs> and then and then it kind of was reminiscent of a little bit of Snowpiercer. I don't know. I'm just I'm just pulling from anything because car by each car, different, yeah. Each different car had a different scenario to it. You know, okay. like right. So speaking of those different cars, there's that whole car full of uh, Alliance troopers. Hey. Mm-hmm. Did you notice anything about them in particular? That they were a lot like they Starship were... Troopers? That's it. And they... So, <laughs> the Firefly team <sighs> bought all of the Starship Trooper uniforms after the movie was made. Oh, my God. Those so are awesome. the Starship Trooper uniforms yeah. repainted. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'll, I'll... Which... My comment was, I was immediately reminded of Batman going, I'm not wearing hockey pads, because <laughs> those are not great props. Like, no. No. It's right. like they, they got the uniform. <laughs> it's like they got the uniform, but none of them fit anyone. Do you maggots want to live forever? Yeah, it was It was not great. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, anyways, funny. after some thrilling heroics, they get the cargo out, but then, alas... Mal and Zoe are stuck in the train car and they have to try and figure their way out. Well, and, um, and Janie gets shot. Well, Jane so. gets shot, Janie. but he also gets out with the cargo. Yes, yes. So. he's with the cargo. And um, when he's getting lowered onto the ship inside of Serenity, they every time they lifted up that uh, his cargo net for a shot, it would always twist so Jane's back was to the camera. So they uh, shot that scene like ten times, and every time Jane's like trying to spin his head and trying <laughs> to act camera. with his face because he That's really great. can't act with his back. Right. It's funny. Uh, this was well, also very reminiscent of, and I'm gonna do it again, but here you are. Solo, I feel like stole a lot of uh, this scene um, with their train heist. There was a lot of probably um, similarities for me watching this one with them flying in on the ship and lowering something down and everything going awry and it was just you know what? very very reminiscent to the solo solo movie i i'm just gonna say this josh i think i think captain mal is the best possible version of han solo i actually would agree with that and i think um he like it's it's this this universe's version of han solo and he's right. doing a very good good job of it you know what he's I mean? the and best like, like you could replace harrison ford with nathan fillion and i wouldn't be upset i feel oh, like uh, mal's like a, a like a better man though more more integrity yeah. kind of thing not that i talk a shit about solo but right nah. he's kind of self but i mean comparatively i i 100 agree with you yeah. um and i don't I, you know i'm so, sorry to make all the star wars references but that's how i'm watching the show is as a star wars fan so i i gotta i gotta bring that up well and that's why <clears throat> i think that's part of what makes this enjoyable for me is that it's like specifically like with the mandalorian right like we were saying last week you're you're seeing the the beginning of these influences and you've already seen what they become right like all the space western stuff becomes the mandalorian and so now right. you're like oh my gosh it's so cool to see the genesis of right. this well um, then, but then you can say i mean firefly also pulls from star wars in a lot of ways too so it's oh, like so oh, it's just like piles and piles like firefly yeah. took from that but made it a little bit better in a way it's you like know, a circle they, yeah it's like yeah, a little it's, circle it's like how george lucas took the old samurai movies and made them in, into like a better right space western and now i mean it's it's Joss how Whedon is taking star wars made. and turning it into a better 
space western in a way right. and we're taking firefly and turning it into a podcast about watching firefly it's like right it's just how things get made inspiration well, then, and now like i mean happens. solo is taking inspiration from this i feel like mm-hmm. mandalorian i would say is taking a little bit of inspiration from the space western aspect of this i mean it's i haven't full watched circle man you, you're going from from star wars to firefly back to star wars it seems like Right, and I haven't watched the. From a certain point, there's a show I think on (laughs) Sci-Fi called The Expanse. Very nice, Mm -hmm. very well done. I heard it, (laughs) but I think there's a show on Sci-Fi called The Expanse, and a lot of Firefly fans that I've seen online are like, "If you miss Firefly, watch The Expanse," and I haven't. But it's like it's clearly a a direct influence. So you're definitely right on that part. Um, About Mal being a better guy, though, is it just me or were there like some women and kids on the on the train that they filled up with smoke? Like, <laughs> they, like, threw some smoke grenades sort of into some families, right? Like, I know they were trying well, to get away, but they, didn't they kind of throw some smoke grenades at some families? One. That was one of my questions, yeah. uh, you know, just kind of wondering. I was excited to see how Mal's character developed because I couldn't tell if he was really, like, good or bad. I wasn't sure if maybe right. he was, like, Batman who, it, like, will not kill anybody. Right. But clearly gotcha. from this episode, we learned that that's <laughs> not the case. <laughs> So so maybe yeah. he was like, oh well, they're not gonna die. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. I mean, there was really no f's given right there. It was like, uh, we gotta survive. And, so here's some smoke. And like Good we luck. said, we could argue it's definitely out of desperation in that yeah. instance. So oh, we'll forgive for them sure, here, sure. but we're keeping now, the a running end list. scene is a little more. Um, this is who I am, and I will fucking kill you. Oh yeah, and that that kind of <laughs> surprised me. I was like, Still, oh, me too. <sighs> Me okay. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Not really Batman. glad that it surprised you guys. I honestly thought you guys would both call that, but I'm really glad that it surprised you because, like, no. it's to me, I can't separate what it's like to get to know Mal from who Mal is, right? So mm-hmm. I know that he's the kind of guy that would be like, okay, then I'll find somebody who will make a deal with me. Like, did we so... even see Mal and Zoe discuss that they were bringing it back? They just walked onto the ship, and Mal's like, nope, we're turning around. And Zoe goes, yeah, we're giving it back. But I don't right, remember them discussing they... that. They were just on the same page. Right, because they both – I mean, she. in my – the way that I read this is that Zoe mostly follows Mal, not because he's an old war buddy. I mean, that's definitely part of it, and that's a big part of it. But she mostly follows him because she knows him to be a good person because she's known him for so long. So I think that you're definitely right there, Ricky. They're on the same page. He, She can see that he's having doubts, and she's like, you know what? I was already having the same doubts, so let's just do it. We don't even need to mention it. Um, that moment when he turns to her, they're starting their ruse, right, to try and get out of jail. And he says, just remember whatever happens that I love you. And she's like, uh, he's like, because you're my wife, and we're married. Remember, that's our cover story. And she's like, right, honey. Yes, well, she's like, we're married. Yes, sir, like, honey. <laughs> I still feel like that was Mal's way, because I've met people in real life. I don't know if you guys have met people in real life that will say like something really sweet to you and then be like, <laughs> just kidding. I hate you. And it's like, no, I think you meant that, yeah. but you're uncomfortable oh. <laughs> with with liking that. You know what I mean? Like. You meant the genuine happy thing, but you're uncomfortable with it, so you feel the need to make a joke now. You can't like, say it, yeah. I, I've run into those people, and I so, feel like that's what Mal was doing, because he was like, just remember, I love you, and then he was like, oh, shit, that could really change 
how she perceives me in what I really meant is you mean a lot to me. It's not a romantic thing. I should immediately cover this with, you know, because our cover story where we're married, like to me, it read as it could be any of those things. So it, it just felt well at, at good first and to me, to me, to me, it was like, I thought, you know, Mal was like, oh, I thought no, he was just screwed. saying that. we're screwed. So I just want you yeah. to know that like, I care. And, you know, but he's, he just kind of seemed out of desperation. But then on the yeah. flip side, he was like, no, but I'm actually really smart. And so don't forget that you're right. my wife. So like, so we're going to live through this. improvising. Yeah. Yeah. It has the, my He's like the sheriff tells him, you know, Hey, the guy that you claim to know has been dead for eight months. And his reaction yeah. is, Oh, does that mean his job is open? I, I thought it's that like, was yeah. great. Yeah, it's like, ooh, that's, that's, like, that's the best that's exactly response. right because somebody desperate for work would be like, I, I don't care how I get the job. I just need a job. Right. Like, yeah, it so was so just in the moment and natural to Mal, but also perfectly deceitful for that situation. It was like, I love the parallel between this is who I am anyway, and here's who I'm going to pretend to be, so that right. you can, <laughs> like, you know, right. Um, yeah. Which uh, the sheriff, by the way, I wanted to talk touch on him a little bit. Um, Let's do. He did. He did not have an English accent. <laughs> well, sheriffs don't have an so English accent. So he must accents, not Josh. be a bad guy, right? No, but that's what I mean. Is he must not be <laughs> oh. a bad guy? So at first, <laughs> okay. at first, it was like, okay, this this guy's going to be the one to out them, and he's going right. to, you know, he's going to be the problem. When in actuality, he he kind of thought the same way where he was like, some people take jobs that they don't really know all about. And that's when you have right. a chance. And so he was, he ended up being a, a good guy in the end and not to sound, uh, I don't know, like what's, uh, I know what you mean. but, but like he didn't, but he didn't have an English accent. So it kind of, right. You know, by the end you're like, Oh yeah, he is a good guy because he's American. Right. <laughs> well, and they gave him this like, I think what they really did was they, I mean, he even says it to Mal, right? Where he's like, some people take a job they don't know all the details of, then they get all the details, then that man gets to make a choice. Right. And Mal goes, don't believe he does. And he's like, oh, because, you know, you're a good person. You feel like there is no choice. You only can do the right thing. But it's like, it's the same thing that... um, Captain Lorca tells Michael Burnham in Star Trek Discovery season one, context is for kings. Look that one up. Um, so. <laughs> and that actually is my, that's, that's the, just to touch on it, that is my favorite line of the show is I don't believe they do. When he responds. Oh, really? To that because well, of the that. fact that. Save it. That, yeah, yeah. We okay. have a whole All thing, right, Josh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have a whole thing. I just, I it's was okay, excited I still... about it. <laughs> you know what? Actually, you're going to stay on this podcast. You know what? We're keeping you. I don't even care. (laughs) So (laughs) he said bound by law. The sheriff said bound by law. You guys. I'm so excited to tell people that they're bound by law. I'm going to get excited and I'm going to write it down. I would hold it up to the camera, but the audio version of the show wouldn't play well. Anyways, I wrote it in all capital letters. Um, And then we do get once they're back on the ship and they, you know, they rough up the Niska's guys and they've got him captured and he's got him handcuffed. Um, he tries to give him a deal, you know, he's like, okay, here's the deal. We're going to give you back the money and the goods because we don't want either one or, you know, we're going to, we're going to not give you the goods. We're just going to give we're you the skipping money over where they and we're gonna doped leave. Jane. 
Were they what? Well, oh, I didn't want to skip. Dope Jane? I didn't want to skip over it. It's just that that contains one of my favorite quotes from the entire series. So I was going to say okay, that for pardon me. <laughs> that I'm segment. Sorry. No, no, you're good. It's, Are it's you talking a segment about the that rescue, skipped the rescue over. thing, or no, the part where. Um, Jane goes up to say, all right, we're taking off right now. I don't care what you say. If I have to, I'll fly the ship myself. But then, then he's he, like, like, the bubbles. The sedative kicks the... in and he starts losing his <laughs> grip and he falls over. Bendy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have that in my notes. Uh, for, for I had two two lines of the show, and the first line was what Mal says, yep. and the second one was the other anything right Janie says on drugs. <laughs> because so, the whole rest of the episode when he talked was hilarious right and i it's it like i said we'll i think we'll have eventually covered the entire show just by talking about our favorite quotes once we get there yeah. but yeah we get this standoff sub standoff subversion where mal's like look we don't want to screw anybody but we also don't want to do this job anymore so just take the money and go back to your boss and tell him we're sorry but also tell him to stay out of our business yeah and the guy's <laughs> like dude i will kill the hell out of you also in the fight that he had with that guy earlier that guy just straight up threw a knife into his chest oh my god like, that, that i was like oh yeah. he just stabbed him <laughs> like boomeranged it right in there yeah that guy was yeah, huge like i know that a lot of henchmen and stuff is like has one huge guy but that guy you really got the physical sense that he was huge and he like, must break you he will break you and he probably reeks like he's just a giant dude with no sleeves and it's dirty outside like that's that's a visceral fight in uh, my opinion um yeah you're not wrong you're, yeah and then to just have to have him be like you know i'm a new bad guy i could be setting up as a bad guy for this whole series maybe i'm in every other episode and mal goes i Boom. don't think so yeah you're dead yeah very cartoonish the way he spun into yeah. the engine Gives him gives him the old winter soldier, as I like to call it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's that's funny. Um and so everything sort of calms down and then they're you know, they ha- they show Mal in his moment of vulnerability getting stitched up by Doctor Simon and which you don't really get enough Doctor Simon, I think, in this as a substitute pilot episode to really establish his character if you hadn't seen the first one just as an as a side note but i really like the moment that he has with mal where he's just a handsome doctor yeah they're talking about their feelings they're talking about his family and stuff like that you can see that they have some sort of mutual respect for each other even if they mostly disagree with how they do things um i really like that but it that paint that really slow camera movement from their conversation all the way down the hallway and around the corner and into the bedroom and over to the corner of the bedroom and down to the floor with river does such an effective job of illustrating her feeling of isolation and not fitting in and not being normal and potentially being yeah, what like was it that a, she kept a repeating? problem for everybody like two by two just, hands of blue okay two by two they will come hands of blue yeah yeah, yeah. So, and that was interesting um, to me because that has to be something like two two doctors, two by two, they come with blue so gloves. If you saw like, those super yeah. villains at the end, they had blue gloves on their hands. Exactly. Okay, I guess I didn't catch right. that. Okay. Yeah. So they, it's actually, that was one of the suggestions I and got on Reddit. There's two of them like, there too, so that makes sense. Right. When I asked what we should use for rating, people were like, oh, thumbs up out of blue. And I was like, I really like that, but I don't want to immediately have to explain something to them that won't happen for several episodes but maybe sure. we'll change it when we get there because it's a really good idea so 
Thank well, you, you do it now. I understand. I I still would prefer to wait if we can, just because I don't want to give I don't want to give you the sense that it's like overly important or anything like that. You know what sure, I mean? Like, sure. Just well, it should we'll, be important, we'll but with only one season, none be. of this is important, so it's really <laughs> frustrating. Oh, I beg to differ. <laughs> I think there being only one season makes every episode even more important no, than I, it would have been otherwise. I agree, but I just you know. <laughs> The the um, Marvel fan and the Star Wars fan that keeps getting more and more right. content is just spoiled. And that's, and, that's totally fair. You know. um, the last thing that I have before we... And you know we'll do a final notes if you guys want to do one more thing before we get to our segments. Um, but the last thing that I wrote down was during that sort of post... Almost post-credit sequence, like the, the button on this episode where they're like, oh, the Alliance is showing up and they're not looking for medicine, right? Um nobody would use miles if they were in space the guy goes we didn't fly 865 million miles just to come out here and look for med-. like you wouldn't use that because it's impractical you'd use you'd use something yeah. that means a million miles right you'd be like oh we went 8.5 sectors to get here it's like oh a sector must be like Parsecs, a million miles right? or something right like nobody would use miles yeah. if you're going between planets that's just absurd but that, is that was the last note that I had for the episode proper before we get into any of our weekly segments. Josh, Kylie, do you guys have any notes from the episode proper that you want to share before we get there? So I was just trying to find out how many uh, light years 865 million miles is. Well, the speed of light is 186,000 miles per second, correct? So... Yes. A light year is however far light goes in a year. So if a light is traveling that fast over the course Point of a zero year, zero that's... zero one four seven light year. Okay, irrele- it's irrelevant because it's not a fathomable thing to yeah, us, yeah. probably. Yeah. <laughs> I tried. It's Google a distance. Failed me. It's a distance thing. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a parsec. They wouldn't say miles, is my point. Um, yes. Yeah, Ricky, right. did you yeah, have... Right. Or, or, sorry, Josh and Kylie, did you guys have any other notes from the, the episode before we get to the segments? Because um, if not, I'm gonna let Ricky D talk. No, you you didn't have any notes. I think the last one I had was just the showrunners were really bad. I feel bad for all of you, but we touched on that before. So, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Ricky. Do you have any other notes before right. we get to the segments? Absolutely. I'll give you the floor. I've got a few tidbits that I got out oh, of geez. the director's com. Oh, thanks. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, I'm no. Sorry. So, <laughs> I'll give you the floor now. Do the other I've thing. I've got a. <laughs> I've got a few. Uh, tidbits that I got from the director's commentary that I thought was important to get into the show. I gotta, where am I? Uh, so one thing that they touched on was Fox does not film or does not air their shows in widescreen at this time. So the show was shot in widescreen, but with the knowledge that it was going to be aired in full screen. So when I'm watching the DVDs, when you guys are watching. Uh, everything on streaming, we actually get the full widescreen effect. But if you pay attention to the edges, where am I? I'm the jealous. The edges of the shot, <laughs> it's relatively, it's not information that's pertinent to that shot, but it is nice to have it in widescreen. We're getting so more you... than we would have were we watching it on television in 2002. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, so that that's on I Hulu no too. Idea. We we get the widescreen version on Hulu. Correct. We're getting the full widescreen version. Damn, we're so that's spoiled. So cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. are. But 
that kind of shows you that Fox was just, no, we don't want to do widescreen. We don't want to evolve. We don't want to go forward. It's full screen. Everybody has full screen TVs. That's what they have now. Forget about the future. Just do it the way everyone does it. Well, they really took every possible opportunity they could to just stick it to this show, didn't they? They were like, we're going to air it out of order. We're not even going to make it the right shape. We're not going to air all the episodes. Like, dang. Joss Whedon must be Um, a dig. I mean, he made somebody (laughs) upset, which wouldn't be the first time. Uh, Ricky, did you have anything else that you wanted to get? uh... I do. All right. Uh, Floor again. There was... uh, uh, If you ever pay attention to the camera work when you're working with uh, Mal, Zoe, the main guys on the Firefly cast, it's all handheld shots, and it's kind of shaky and chaotic. I did notice that. when... When we go to the Alliance, there's that shot where they on the Alliance Bridge, everything is on a sand, it's all uh, on a stand, and it moves oh. smoothly, or it's on a dolly, that's the word. All cranes and dolly shots, that makes sense. Right, and it's much mm. smoother, and it's less chaotic, just kind of giving you that internal feeling when we're talking to the Alliance that they're the ones that are in charge, and Mal's team is, they're chaotic, they're fighting, they gotta get this together. They're it's like realistic. The, they're it's your like, family. Those are the people you want to know. The alliance is like the man, and they're going to hold yeah. you down. Yeah. <laughs> and they pay for good dollies to film. Yes. And then just one last thing. They got the uh, Apparently, fight scenes are difficult and boring and not fun to Pete uh, write. So oh. this fight scene that was inside the cargo hold of Firefly, where they were, uh, you know, all of Mal's team was fighting... Uh, Crow and all of his guys that mm. was actually they took all of the writing from an episode of Angel because uh, oh. Joss Whedon was doing Buffy <laughs> he was doing Angel and he was bringing up Firefly at the same time mm. so most of the wow. angles and the cuts and the shots they stole directly from an episode of Angel I don't know if there was a vampire riding a quad around running people over <laughs> that might have been a new addition but uh, yeah they just they didn't want to write another fight scene, so they stole most of the shots, angles, etc. from an angel huh. fight. Interesting. Uh, so in in twenty twenty one terms, Ricky, that would be called repurposing content. <laughs> yes. Um, not stealing or being lazy. Hmm. Uh, all right. Well, um, with that, I think I think it's time to get into our weekly segments, you guys. I'm I'm actually really excited. I love doing weekly segments. Like it's kind of the one of my favorite parts of podcasting. What's my favorite um, thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. We've got bumpers. If you listen to this show, the audio version, you're gonna just yeah, you're gonna fall fun. in love all over it's a good again. Time. Trust me. It's a good time for sure. So, okay, let's start with Simon Says because one of the best things, like we always say one of the strengths of this show is the dialogue and the banter and the witty repartee. So Simon says is where we talk about what our favorite quote from the episode was, even if it was not uttered by Dr. Simon Tam, I think this week um, let's have Josh and Kylie go first. What was you guys' favorite quote for Simon says this week, Kylie go for it. Well, the ones that I had noted are, ones that we had already mentioned um, in this episode already, but I guess another one, just something to mention. Um, I did like the moment right before he kicked Crow 
Um, and Crow's like, you know, telling him, like, oh, I'm going to come get you. I'm going to kill you, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, oh, darn. And they kicked him. Yeah. I like yeah. that. W- well, darn was a pretty fun line. Because you're like, what does that mean? And then he you, might and have just like, said oh, darn. But that's what that means. Yeah. And just boots him in there. I thought that was, yeah, I, I would agree. Simplistic. I like that, that nice, and nice and short and sweet. Yeah, yeah. Got the point across. Yeah. For sure. Um, mine was, like we had talked about earlier, um, when he says, I don't think there is, when they're referencing the choice that you have after you figure out what the mission's mm-hmm. all about. Um, yeah. That really, to me, was um, one of the best character-building moments for Mal. Because yeah. you really understood that, yeah, he does crime, but he still gives a shit about people. And right. he still, like, after seeing that all those people needed that medicine that he was stealing, he was like, oh, you know... Nah, let's just let's just uh, f this this whole mission <laughs> here because these people need this medicine more. And then even talking to the sheriff, like just that whole line that just that one line wraps up the whole episode and what yeah this thing was about was just him realize or, or you realizing that he is a good guy and not just a Han Solo kind of um, scoundrel. <laughs> think about myself. Right kind of person um and also anything jane said on drugs um <laughs> w- when when he was like you're all bendy i, I was aiming for the head yeah <laughs> he's all yeah half his body's all paralyzed yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you, you mean? mean take it back i waited for you guys <laughs> yeah it was so good i did like that uh, but but meaningful lines definitely mouths just that just I, simple yeah. line it was it was very that's a great so great choice it does it totally crystallizes the character and the moment and the theme and you know all in one just instantaneous little thing it's it's an excellent excellent pick um ricky uh let's have you go next what do you have this week for simon says i think this week had a clearly best line as much as we love all of the little quips that get into the show uh jane is trying to take over the ship he hasn't the doping hasn't quite worked in yet and he goes you know what the chain of command is it's the rotten chain i used to beat you with until you do what i say <laughs> and that was just bar none best simon says best quote right. show. well and it's it does make you wonder like because like i said the last in the last episode jane is the smart kind of dumb right where like he can get through a, a, a plan but that's about it but like is he making that joke or is he that level of stupid? <laughs> yeah. Like it's still to me is a little bit unclear. Like, cause he's got like a sneaky kind of cunning. I don't know if he's smart per se, but it's like, he's not an idiot. He's just mm-hmm. dull. Right. I still like think he's kind of dumb. Well, I also the, loved it when Mal was walking. Oh, sorry. I also no, loved no, it when ahead. Mal was walking down that stairwell and he kind of gets a confused look and he looks at Jane who's all twisted up and just lying there and Kaylee goes we tried to get him to the infirmary he's just too heavy so heavy (laughs) right yeah I I really liked that one um for me I wrote down yeah I I wrote down three um I think I think we covered one of them but I'll go with well I mentioned one of them without saying it but when right before Jane drops into the train Right, he looks at Kaylee directly in the face, and he goes, "Time for some thrilling heroics." 
and it's like I almost get the sense that he has seen Mal say that before Mal does something cool but because Mal isn't there to hear him rip him off he's gonna say it and be like yeah I totally came up with that it's a to me, it felt like a mouse saying that Jane stole. Yes, um, that's, that's like what I do to Jesse all the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm flattered. Um, the other thing, I I don't know how you guys didn't pick this one. This one I thought was just perfect. I think Wash in this episode is almost like an audience stand-in in a couple of scenes. And when Jane gets affected by the sedative, talks nonsense, and then passes out and falls to the yeah. ground, Wash goes... Did he just go crazy and fall asleep? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, because he's not in on the plan, so from his perspective, that's a hundred percent exactly what happened. That's like totally what happened. He just lost that's, his shit, fell asleep. Not inaccurate at all. Yes, he went crazy and then he fell asleep. I, oh man. I I really love that. I think that's, I think that's my official selection for Simon Says. So. You know, Wash reminds me of a guy that I went to high school with that I'm close with still. Um, and uh, so just kind of watching him and the things he says, just, I don't know, just like for that, me, it's just kind of personal. It's kind of cute. That, <coughs> excuse me, that sort of quirky, at, but like ultimately honest person when they express themselves. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel this way and I'm going to say it out loud, like yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. All right, well, with that, um, I do have one more question to ask about this episode before we get to our last new segment, which none of you have seen and is actually really exciting. Um, but I have a question for you, Ricky. Um, how shiny is this episode? How shiny is it? Yeah, that, how shiny is it? Say right now. Uh, no, no, we, we well... I mean, we can retake that if you want, but I was just asking because no, we set it up last time and I figure like, ah, we, we've got it. But you know what? For going forward, let's do the bit every time because I think that's a better idea. You're totally please right. Don't, please don't edit that out. So <laughs> what is you? So Ricky. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This episode is so shiny. How shiny is it? This episode is so shiny that I How give it, it a seven out of ten on the shiny scale personally i i really like this episode like i said it's so much fun um even if it you know were the first episode that i experienced i still think i would have had a lot of fun with it it is not i think there's no way that you can argue that this is as good an episode of television or maybe firefly or science fiction in general as the pilot was and that's not because this episode is bad it's because this episode wasn't designed to function as a pilot all that having been said, I think it's very strong. It's very entertaining. I love watching Inara go in there and be like, you know, I have more status than the rest of you, so I'm going to pretend that you're kind of like my paid servant, and I'll just get you out of it. Don't worry about it, because I'm better than you, like societally better than you, you know, not in my heart. And you, you still get everybody contributing in their own way, so it does sort of function as that secondary pilot. I just... Watching it, it, it was like, man, I'm so glad that I have seen every episode of this show. Um, so I give it a 7 out of 10. I still think it's really great. It's not as good as the last episode, but that's not saying anything bad because the last episode is nearly perfect, in my opinion. Um, Josh and Kylie, how shiny would you say this episode was for you? I think I would also agree with the 7 out of 10. Um, I did like the episode just fine. Um, but again, I think that if I had saw it first it would have left me with a lot of questions so just for that reason i'm giving it a seven josh what about you man 
yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with seven as well because seven. Yeah. I, I want to give it a six. I do because it just wasn't as good as the first one for me. Yeah. It was a filler episode. And I mean, for me, it was a bit of a filler episode with a cool little tag at the end um, that showed the Alliance coming in very Joss Whedon kind of, uh, Kevin Feige esque, where they're like, "Here's a little clip right. of a cliffhanger that's gonna keep you involved," um, but not knowing anything about the alliance and what they did to what, what's her name? What, what is River. River. River? River, River, yeah. I don't give a shit about the alliance. Like, if right. if I were to watch this episode and this was the first thing I watched, I'd be like, "Who is that? Why do I right. care?" But because of Agreed. How because you have the context. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think if I if this was the first time I watched this show and this was the first episode I watched, I'd probably give it a five or a six. Yeah. But because right. I have the context of the last episode, I will. I'm, I'm going to give it a seven. I dig that. I think that's really sound reasoning. Not that you have to justify it, but I appreciate that you did. Um, Ricky. I try, man. <laughs> All right. Oh, Sorry about my last answer. That was not very yes and of me. <laughs> no, no. So, you're good. <laughs> uh, I'm having to do some real soul searching not to give every episode an 8.5 plus. Uh, I really want to appreciate your struggles. All of them right up there. This is my favorite episode, but I'm going to go 7.5. I think I, I'm going to go a little bit higher than you guys, but you know for all the same reasons it was really great it was forced to be a little bit different than it could have been because they were rewriting that pilot and trying to force all these connections in but i still can't deny my love 7.5 favorite episode <laughs> seven's across the Ricky's board favorite episode that's yeah i mean that's that's solid strength it's a little bit less range than we had in our scores last week but i don't think that's a bad thing i think that speaks to the consistent week-to-week quality of the television program that is firefly all right guys so like i was saying we do have one more segment this week this is a new segment uh i'm open to changing the name of this segment if you have a suggestion uh tweet me email me instagram me whatever you got to do. I don't have a great name for it, um, but it is about our show. And this is about the um, sudden community that has popped up around our show. Um, so I'm going to call this the sudden but inevitable shout out. Um, the following individuals are bound by law to be recognized for the help and support that they have offered us on social media this week. Um, we just started this show kind of from scratch um the the twist my arm network migrated hosts so we didn't get to bring all of our listeners with us necessarily i mean a lot of them came with and we thank you guys to the moon and back because without the listeners there is no show so thank you thank you so much for coming with but we're sort of kind of having to rebuild some of the audience from scratch for some of the new shows which we're fine with because we love doing the work on these podcasts and this is a lot of fun for us so it's it's not really work so much as it is a hobby really well, this um, is the first time that someone else has hosted a show where i don't have to do anything and it's right. incredible it's i can't tell you nice, how good right? it feels to <laughs> to just be like yeah i didn't take hang. very many notes but like <laughs> i didn't need but we're to. okay <laughs> yeah. so you know part of that is 
you got to make social media accounts. You got to you got to get on Twitter. You got to get on Instagram. You got to find the right hashtags. You got to follow the right people. You know, you got to find engaged, genuine, real people because those are the people that are out there on social media. Those are real people. It just doesn't always feel that way. And I've just been overwhelmingly reminded in this week that those are some real people out there. And uh, Josh, I should have probably sent you this list in case I get emotional because you know how I am when I'm thanking people. But I just, I really, really want to say how much we appreciate these people because they've been retweeting our stuff. They've been liking our videos on Instagram. They've been, you know, suggesting stuff for us on Reddit. And without that, this show could potentially be heard and seen by no one. And it's not that that would really bum us out because we would still do it because it's really, really fun. But we think there's something here that you guys might enjoy. I mean, I feel like watching old shows and hanging out with people that you know and talking about it is something that everybody does. So come do that with us, just like the following people have done on Twitter this week. And all of these people's tags and handles will be in the show notes, so you can go follow them as a way to appreciate all the help that they've given us. On Twitter, I'd like to thank Glitter underscore Rock, at CJ Boyle, at Macno Raid Party. On Instagram, we want to thank at Sammy's Saga Comedy Podcast. We want to thank at Rivera Michael Ryan. And we want to thank at Pop Deloc. You guys have been sharing my stuff. You've been clicking like. I've been getting messages like, hey, I really like the theme song. Hey, it's so cool that there's a Firefly podcast. And that is emotionally overwhelming because like I said, we started from scratch. We were like, let's just do this show. We don't have any indication if anyone will love it. Let's just go because we are going to love it and let's go. So it just to have anybody notice that and click retweet or share or whatever is so impossibly rewarding. And I can't tell you guys how grateful we are for that. So that's the sudden, but inevitable shout out. And I am going to just throw in right quick at the end of course, as always, thank you to Superb Rope 2027 and Weblurker 47. They named the last two segments that we did before this. So thank you guys so much. And last but not least, thank you to V on Reddit. And to even be able to say that there's a, a small four or five person sudden but inevitable community is almost too much for me to be able to say without breaking down into tears. So I'm just going to say thank <laughs> you guys because that is... I'm so happy right now. No, that's that's definitely thank you so much. Hey man, that that's just wonderful to hear. Um I I love hearing from anyone in the Twist My Arm community. I love hearing from the Quest Me community like anyone that ever watches our shows. It's always so nice to hear um from from those people and people that support the show and stuff and we are forever grateful to you guys for for doing that for us cuz it, you know, it helps us. So it's it's great, um, and I can't wait to do more of these. I I want I want I want you guys that are watching and listening to give us ideas for our next sudden but inevitable rewatch. Like, yeah, we're we're watching Firefly now, but hey, throw a Stargate. Maybe maybe you love Stargate and you really want us to review those shows or something. Mm -hmm. And I know Jesse's cringing, but like that's why we should watch it because Jesse's cringing okay. and I think that'd be kind of funny yep. <laughs> I don't know I vote The Witcher like we talked the, about The earlier. Witcher I mean I that'd be cool any <laughs> sort of idea that you guys have for us um, any sort of you know if, if you want to come on the show let us know send us an email something like that you can oh, always that's, be that's a in guest the works and, 
And um, the best way, come talk if you want to be involved in this show, the best way to do that is to follow the show on Twitter at Sudden Butt, nice and easy. Follow the show on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. Obviously, you can also go to facebook.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. You'll get all your updates there, or you can go straight to twistmyarmpodcast.com. Sudden But Inevitable is obviously available Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get them, all that stuff. Um, before we close it all out, Ricky, is there anything else that you want to add this week? Uh, yeah, we were talking <laughs> about our favorite quotes, and I yes. totally missed out another Jane-centric quote was oh, really? uh yeah right uh jane called river simon's moon-brained sister yes I love the word that. moon-brained was so good i immediately that's thought all i had to say the episode of the office the american office where dwight gets a concussion and then the like some manager comes through and he's like what about that moon face kid with the concussion he needs to go to the <laughs> hospital right. like i was the same immediately thought of that like uh that's, that's like the nicest way you can say somebody looks like a moron <laughs> right but other than that i just want to say my first episode of best flicks coming out january 31st so we've got one in the can we got one more that i'm planning on airing or recording and excellent it's almost as much fun as sudden but inevitable Ooh, I got. I definitely have some plugs for sure. Um, we just released well, our. So, go, yeah, you go. I was gonna it. say if you if you want to follow Ricky's show, Best Flicks, you can do that right now. You can go to Spotify, all the same places. You can follow Best Flicks right now. You can follow Sudden but Inevitable there. You can follow Twist My Arm podcast. Josh, I know that you're on more shows. I know that you're not hosting Ugh. every single show, but you're on a lot of shows. What I mean. If somebody, yeah, for example, were to go to Twist My Arm podcast on Facebook, yes, um, what would they see this week? Well, so right now I'm having a little bit of an issue with uh, merging because we did move hosts like Jesse had mentioned before. So I'm having a bit of an issue with uh, newer episodes of Twist My Arm and uh, and uh, uh, God, the, the movement and stuff like that. It's, it's not on Spotify or Apple quite yet. I need to figure out why that's happening, but it is on Google and uh, Stitcher and FM Player and all those other podcast sites. Um, but we just released our newest uh, TMA local business um, special. And it oh, features um, three local businesses from around Colorado that um, we're all about supporting, you know, the, the local music scene, the local business, the, everything local here in Colorado. So our Twist My Arm podcast is just all about the community so definitely give that a listen and um if any of those products interest you hit them up all of the links are in the show notes um we have our newest movement podcast coming out hashtag, hashtag um, we'll have justin and evan on the show that's going to be in a, i think two weeks is when that's coming out we'll we'll definitely keep people updated on the facebook pages but that's the hashtag movies video games music and tv it's a wrap-up that's that's more now of of a pop culture centric wrap up for the month kind of show. Catch up on everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas our Marvel Cinematic Monday podcast um, is all about the Marvel universe. And, There's so many podcasts. Um, yeah, we're, we're talking about WandaVision. We're talking about Marvel News. We're talking about the comics that we've been reading. Um, those are every other Monday. We just released our first episode. You can find those anywhere podcasts are heard. Just search Marvel Cinematic Monday. 
um, that features yours truly and my good friend Chip, um, who is also part of the gaming streaming, the game streaming network, <laughs> um, which just search TMA Games on Twitch and you can find us streaming almost every day. So, yeah, um, did I forget anything? Basement Sessions. We got our first Basement Sessions lined up to come out February local Denver 7th. Music. Yeah, Local Denver Music. Um, Evan and I will be hosting that show. We have our first guest. His name is Wes. He's a recurring guest from... Um, years ago actually he came on years ago and promoted one of his older albums and now he's got a new album coming out that he actually worked with i think he said producers of nirvana um some some big name producers so we're definitely excited to have him on the first ever basement sessions podcast um so be on the lookout for that. There's a lot of things coming out. Just go to twistmyarmpodcast.com and that's really the um, easiest way to do it. Everything yeah. is at twistmyarmpodcast.com, and actually that includes shows that are over, like Quest Me, the Mandalorian show. That's over, but it's still there. You can go listen to all yep. those episodes as and I suffer through them one by one with Josh. We'll be back. Um, <laughs> oh, guaranteed. We don't know when it'll be back, but when that uh, new season of Mandalorian comes out, it will definitely be part of the quest me series um we are gonna uh, be all over that yeah i can't decide if uh Bob, the boba fett series is going to be part of quest me or not um i don't know <laughs> well there's there's so much thing. there's so much there's a beautiful <laughs> thing about being a podcaster is that nobody can take the sky from us mm. it's just it's open we can just it's put true. broadcast airwaves into the sky endlessly however much we want Nobody true. can stop us from doing that. And, you know, on that note, I think you guys, we are going to go ahead and we're going to wrap this show up. I just, once again, I know I've said it a million times, but thank you guys so much. Thank you, Josh and Kylie, for coming on and joining us every week. This is so much fun for me to share something like this with you guys. <laughs> Ricky D, thank you so much for being my super reliable co-host slash companion. Yes, you are a companion. I'm going to be visiting your shuttle. I expect to see drapes on the walls. Incense and everything. I can't, I can't tell you guys how much fun I am having. So for the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch, this week, my name has been Jesse. This is Ricky D. My name's Josh. I'm Kylie. And we will see you in the world. <laughs>